of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones here on the Act of Worship podcast. Uh, Thanks for joining me today as we discuss things theological in nature, uh, worship, and sometimes some cultural and social issues. Today, I'm going to be talking about the biblical topic of avoiding the appearance of evil. Uh, The Apostle Paul tells us to abstain from every form of evil in 1 Thessalonians 5.22. My preferred Bible of choice that I most often use is the ESV. Now, that does not mean I don't use other versions and translations, because I certainly do, uh, particularly when I'm uh, studying, um, because they all have their reasons for Uh, what they say, some good, some bad, but um, the ESV says uh, in that particular scripture to avoid every form of evil. Other translations, such as the King James, the uh, uh, the, uh, TPT, the AKJV, all kinds of, there are other translations that use the word appearance, Uh, avoid the appearance of evil. Um, In our English language, form and appearance really have two disparate meanings and implications. And so Paul's instructions here are often stretched in many directions to fit one's theological interpretation. I'm not saying that is right, but that often happens, um, as it does with many other uh, scriptures as well. Um, And I don't want to downplay the instruction. It's a vital instruction, but we have to discern and interpret uh, the intention behind Paul's words here. The line between uh, clarity and ambiguity in these directions sometimes is imprecise. And so um, what it does is it forces Christians to a variety of personal interpretations, and many of them believe that their way is right and the others are wrong. Um, And so certainly there's room for disagreement here, but we have to determine what Paul's words mean based on sound reason and and sound doctrine. And so I have four personal thoughts I would like to give regarding the appearance or the form of evil and what it is, uh, and particularly this instruction. So the first thought I have is that it is better always to err on the side of holiness rather than evil. Um. Uh, when we're discussing subject, subjective and hermene- hermeneutical issues, uh, if you're not familiar with that term hermeneutical, hermeneutics, it is an interpretation, and everyone has a hermeneutic, good or bad, reasoned or not, everyone has a hermeneutic. When you're reading commentaries, um, I would suggest to you that there is no such thing as an uninterpreted commentary. Uh, People may say, well, this author is neutral, but they are not. Trust me, there is no such thing as a neutral commentary. Everybody has a hermeneutic. So when we're discussing hermeneutical issues, our arguments are often made through the lens of what what we might be able to do without constituting sin. Okay, can I do this without it being sin? But we should instead ask ourselves what we might be able to do that's closest to holiness rather than what's closest to evil, without it actually being evil. Uh, And and I want to measure my words carefully here because I don't want to imply that a decision based on the lack of evil is sin. In other words, 
Um, if you are okay with doing something that clearly is not sin because it is not explicitly stated as sin in Scripture, um, but someone else thinks that what heard this before, if you have to ask, should I do it or not, then you shouldn't do it. That's not necessarily the case. Uh, you might just be asking that question so that you can figure out the wisest way to approach that situation. Um, uh, but we might be able to employ what could be questionable at best um, without affecting another person's spirituality. Again, context. Um, you might be able to preach a sermon without wearing a tie, <laughs> uh, without it affecting someone's spirituality. And so if our actions affect believers or non-believers in a negative way, then the action is wrong. Um, if our observations, if in our observations, we need to ask ourselves, um, what is this person doing? Is, is, is my opinion of it, is there, of their action, uh, is it based on Scripture or is it baseless? Do I have my own preconceived notions that are not founded and backed up by Scripture? Often that's the case when we really analyze why we think the way we do. And so I think many of our critical opinions for all of us, myself included, are sometimes baseless. We just have our own preconceived notions, and we need to give grace in those areas. They don't really affect the spirituality um, of us or of others, and so we might argue that they do or think that they do, but we really have no justification to prove that they do. And so for these baseless opinions, we really should be abounding in grace. And, and I'm not saying these opinions are wrong. Opinions are not wrong but as far as how we present them to others, we need to be careful. Paul says that just because something is lawful doesn't mean it's beneficial in 1 Corinthians 6.12. But that does not mean that what doesn't benefit us is unquestionably a sin. A lot of people will twist that scripture and say, well, if it doesn't benefit you, that means it's a sin. Not necessarily. Paul's thought here is often used as that argument, but be mindful of the fact that what appears evil to some might not appear evil to others. Sometimes we get caught in our own Christian bubble and we don't realize that there's a whole world out there that sees things differently than we do. And we can be as, here, here's the truth. Here's the truth, okay? We can be as careful as possible to avoid the appearance of evil throughout our entire lives. But the time comes when others' preconceived notions with no merit should really be disregarded. Uh, <laughs> it shouldn't affect the way we live our life. If we, if we did not employ every action, someone thought was questionable, we might live as vegetables and just stay at our house all day. Uh, some might even consider that evil. Um, so the three perspectives we need to take on this issue are um, we should give grace to the people who practice actions that are not explicitly, uh, explicitly forbidden in Scripture, and we should even ask ourselves why we are offended by the action in the first place. The second thing is we need to err on the side of righteousness in a reasonable manner. In other words, if one's criticisms of our actions are unquestionably baseless, we should discuss these matters with them in love. And then third, we should live at peace and out of respect for one another in the body of Christ. Um, so the final thing I want to say about this, about avoiding the appearance of evil, is that we are always ambassadors for Christ. Always. We don't get a break for it from it. And, and hopefully you don't want to get a break from it. But, but in that light, we should take our call to follow Christ seriously. 
Knowing Christ and making him known requires a substantial commitment. And with the glory of God as the single issue in every decision we make, big or small, we should serve that aim. No Christian is ever exempt from honoring Christ. And so contextually, God-honoring decisions could look different for different people. Sometimes we look at things so black and white, and there are, sometimes it's not. Sometimes there are difficult issues that we just need to pray about and be wise about and err on the side of holiness. And so being mindful of our context, we need to seek righteousness above evil and always err on the side of holiness and always on the side of grace. Thank you for listening to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Did it, did it, did it.